Remember that reading plan you started? Remember that Bible study plan you started? Remember that devotional you committed to do for 30 days? Well, how's it going? Look, I've tried so many checklists and trackers and books to follow. I knew I should be reading the Bible every day, but man, I just couldn't do it consistently until I finally made the decision, committed to it, and implemented some strategies into my life that got me to consistent daily Bible time for now more than five years straight. You may need to open your notes for this one because I'm about to share all the goods. Welcome to His Word, My Walk, where my desire is to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and yes, even challenge your body. I'm your host, Kayla, just your girl next door, Christian mentor and life coach. For the next 20 minutes, I'll be here in your ear to drop some truth, encourage you, lift you up, and share insight from my own life about how God's Word and my daily walk go together. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and let's get into it. All right, y'all, this right here, the whole build a routine and create consistency and becoming more disciplined. I often talk about this being my sweet spot. You may or may not know my own story, but I spent most of my life. Okay, actually, why is it so weird now to say that and realize that it's not 2005 anymore? It's not even 2015 anymore. So when I say spent most of my life, I probably actually mean maybe half my life. That's wild, but I'm going to keep it that way because this is what sounds better and it makes me feel better about myself. So I spent most of my life as an athlete and a pretty elite athlete at that. A very disciplined and consistent athlete, a determined and committed athlete. To be honest, I think there are just some characteristics that are like in you or developed in you that you never lose. You take them on into your business, you instill them into your children, you just are who you are. And I have so much respect for retired athletes who are businessmen and women. I admire them and and I just always have. And here's the actual real truth behind that statement. I used to think or say or try to convince God that that was my type, a retired athlete who is now a businessman. (laughs) Okay, let me get off of that. But after I finished playing basketball, I immediately earned a career with the National Basketball Association. And so that drive and determination and consistency kept on keeping on. Let's not forget my years of competing in those bodybuilding competitions, then a decade as a personal trainer and spin instructor. See, it's, it's just in me. Discipline and consistency and being committed, they've all been built up in me and they're just in me. These are qualities that I have. So when in 2017, I finally committed to reading my Bible every morning, I applied the same principles that I had applied all my life. I took those same strategies and put them into my Bible time. I am so passionate about this and here's why. I truly believe this is the piece that is missing. You're not reading your Bible consistently. Why? Well, I believe that it's not because you don't have time. It's not because you don't understand it. It's not because you forget everything you read. It's not because whatever you've been telling yourself over and over and over again, maybe for years. I truly believe wholeheartedly that the reason believers aren't reading their Bibles consistently is because they haven't developed or implemented the strategies to truly build a habit, to build the consistency, to create the discipline, to experience the growth and to keep going. This is the piece that's missing, and this is the piece that I actually focus on in my life and with the people I get the honor of coaching and serving. Now, before I move on, let me address what I just said about the reason not being about not having time, about not understanding. 
You find time for what you prioritize, even things you don't love doing or things that are new. And it doesn't mean you're waking up an hour earlier to do them. It might, but not always. You're so busy, yet when your daughter wants to play soccer, somehow you make the time in your family's schedule to get her to practices and games, right? Your days are full, but when you decide to sign up with that trainer and pay that trainer and commit to that trainer at 6 a.m. three times a week because you believe that trainer will get you the results you want, you figure out a way to do it, right? Again, I'm not telling you that your relationship with God is not high enough on your priority list. I don't even know you. If that's something you're feeling right now, ask the Holy Spirit to help you examine yourself. Ask Him to confirm. Ask Him to challenge you. Ask Him to show you. If you didn't listen to the three-part series I just finished on this podcast, I'll say it again right here. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I am not your Holy Spirit. That's not my role. One of the phrases I hear a lot and it just kind of like irks me so bad, especially when I say it to or about myself, is this. I used to be so good, but. Or I used to be so consistent, but. Or I was doing so well then. And it irks me so much because although it's great to identify when a shift happened, a lot of times that shift can't be undone. So why focus on it? Can you imagine, or maybe you've even said this, I used to read the Bible every morning, but then I had kids. (laughs) I used to read the Bible every morning with breakfast, but now my husband and I have breakfast together. See what I'm saying? That shift is not about to be undone, possibly like ever, or at least for the foreseeable future. So holding on to that statement is doing you no good. So let's take a moment right now to apply this. What's been your go-to statement? What's been your standard response? Maybe it's actually not regarding your Bible time. Maybe it's about working out. Maybe it's writing that book you started to write. Maybe it's taking a walk by yourself. Maybe it's truly building the business you feel called to build. What is it? What's the statement you've been saying to yourself and to others over and over and over again, possibly even for years, and you just had this epiphany of like, wow, this shift is not about to like undo. So I got to work with it. And that means I've got to stop talking about this, let's call it probably what it most likely is, a blessing you prayed for. It's here to stay. You know what? Maybe you even need to take a moment and thank God for the exact thing you've been saying over and over and over is what, quote, got in the way. Or maybe you just need to realize how often you do thank God for that thing. Y'all, I did this in my own life about a year and a half ago. And you know what happened quite soon after I settled this with myself? This podcast happened. And now look where we are. And I am so grateful for you listening and sharing this show with all your friends too. Like, life isn't easy peasy lemon squeezy. It's just not. We live in this world, which is a trip. It's fallen. It's a mess. And I I really think both believers and unbelievers can agree with that point, right? And I know things happen. I'm not saying you've been making excuses. I'm not saying you're failing. I'm not saying you're not doing good enough. I'm not saying you're not doing enough, period. The truth may be that you're doing too much. But in all these instances, I want to share honestly with you today. I'm about to drop three strategies that you can implement immediately. Yes, you can implement these immediately to get your Bible reading back. And my goal is to do it with the most vulnerable and understanding heart I can because yes, I've been there too. And let me just say this. If you're like all about it, super consistent, no issues in your Bible reading routine, I pray right now that these strategies will help take you to a new and fresh level in that time with God. So strategy number one, shift your words. 
This right here is for real what has helped me through the years anytime I have felt a little off in my routine and in my daily to-do list. And it also didn't happen from the start. This is something that I had to grow into. It developed over time for me. I used to be all about my Bible time. Every time I shared on social media, I was like, hashtag Bible time. I used to be all about reading my Bible. And I still am. Let me just make that clear. But the shift in my words is this. Now, instead of saying I'm reading my Bible, I say I'm spending time with God in his word. It's not Bible time anymore for me. It's time with God in his word. And let me tell you, that small shift made a world of difference. You've heard me say it like a broken record. You have a personal relationship with God, and it's time to treat that relationship like a real relationship. This is all about your relationship. This isn't about reading a book. And the Bible is not just a book. We will get into that. Well, let's just get into it right now. If the Bible were just a book, you would have no problem reading it. You would have no problem reading it cover to cover, even with the words and names you can't pronounce. My eight-year-old niece is a reader. Well, the day this episode goes live is her birthday, so she's nine now. Happy birthday, Liv. Love you. She has finished all the Harry Potter books, and those books right there are huge. She's read them cover to cover. Now, I'm not into Harry Potter at all. I'm just not. I'll help her with a jigsaw puzzle or Lego, but to read the books or watch the movies or even want to hear her talk about them, just not my thing. (laughs) All that to say, she went through a whole book or the whole series maybe, and it wasn't until I was helping her with a crossword puzzle and she told me the answer was Guinea that I was like, um, I'm pretty sure that name is pronounced Ginny. Fun fact, I actually had a girl in my grade in my small town elementary school named Ginny. But did Liv care that she had most likely been pronouncing this character's name incorrectly the entire series? Not one bit. It didn't change the story for her. It didn't change her love for the book or reading the next one. It didn't make her wrong and mean she should quit. She also had a little notepad and she would make a list of words she didn't know. And then her mom and dad or me, if I was there, we would give her the definition. Well, that's if she didn't already ask Alexa. Seriously, kids these days, it's crazy. But please let that encourage you. No, not to ask Alexa, but to know that when you're in the Bible and you come across Mephibosheth or propitiation and stumble through those words, keep going. Yes, I only pulled out two of the tough ones that I actually do know how to pronounce. (laughs) How the heck did you make it through school? Anatomy class in college? I memorized how to spell the word and what it meant and what its function was. I didn't need to fully worry about how to properly pronounce it. So if I don't understand the words is one of your phrases that you find yourself saying over and over again. Remember my eight-year-old niece knocking out Harry Potter with full confidence and I'd argue like 98% comprehension too. But the point right now is if you shift your words, you can shift your mindset. And to be honest, it may even help your heart too in this relationship you have with the Lord. This is about spending time with God. And for these moments, you're choosing to spend time with Him in His Word. Got it? Seriously, this is a challenge I'm putting out there for you to try. If it's not for you, it's not for you. But for me, the shift in that statement, the shift in the action changed everything for me. Now, every morning when I sit down with my Bible and journal, what am I doing? I'm spending time with God in his word. Okay, number two, and this is another mindset shift, which all of these points probably will be. But number two, quality over quantity. Please, for the love of God, release yourself from the one-year Bible plan. I bought one once, and that hardcover book is still crisp as can be. (laughs) I probably made it to like January 13th or something, missed a couple of days, and realized I would never catch up enough to finish it. Been there? 
Let me set you free right now. The goal is not to read the Bible cover to cover in one year. The goal is to spend time with God in his word every day, forever. Please never forget that. Need me to repeat it? The goal is not to read the Bible cover to cover in one year. The goal is to spend time with God in his word every day, forever. A God who inspired a written work to leave for all mankind to access forever. A God who speaks through that written work. A God who made this written work alive so that his word can speak to you no matter your situation, no matter your generation, no matter your day. Let me make it super plain for you. God's word does not have an expiration date. If you don't read it all in one year, that simply means you didn't read it all in one year. That's it. It doesn't mean he didn't speak to you. It doesn't mean you missed out on blessings because he didn't get to speak to you through the life of Isaiah yet. That doesn't mean he's waiting on you to get to the next chapter or the next book and you're totally delaying his plans for yourself because you simply haven't read the entire Bible cover to cover yet. Should you read the entire Bible? Yes, of course. This is God's word. Every single word is inspired by him, literally breathed by him. Don't you want to know more? Don't you want to understand him more? Like simple example, when you're sick and you're trusting God to heal you, how do you even know he can heal? No, really think about it. How do you trust God that he can heal you? So it's obviously known that God is a healer. It's widely known that Jesus healed. But if we never read instances where Jesus healed and or God healed, how would we ever truly trust him as healer? See, spending time with God in his word allows us to know him more. And yes, the more we do it and the more we read, the more we will learn about him and the more we will grow this relationship that we have with him. And with all that, I still want to encourage you to focus on quality, not quantity. You know this to be true with friendships you have, right? You can live with a roommate, spend 16 hours a day with that person, yet not really know them or not care to know them that well. But the quantity of time together is up there. And then there's your friend that you might grab tea with or go for a walk with once every couple weeks or once a month. And that couple hours together lights you up and pushes you forward. See, once you make that shift from reading the Bible to spending time with God in his word, you can then focus on quality of that time together rather than the quantity of verses or chapters or pages you just read. I really, really want you to catch this point. The quality is the focus of the time spent together rather than the quantity of the verses read. To be fully transparent, when I first committed to reading the Bible, and keep in mind this was in 2017 when I finally made the real commitment that I've stuck with. This was after Bible school. This was after working for churches full-time. 2017 is when it all changed for me, and you can listen back to other episodes that get that full story. But full transparency, when I made that commitment— My commitment was to read one chapter per day, and that's exactly what I did for more than a year, maybe more than two years, consistently one chapter per day. I didn't set out to finish the Bible. I set out to build up consistency, and that started with one chapter per day. Look, you may read three verses and God may show up in such a fresh way that you're just in awe. And you may meditate on those three verses all day, maybe even all week. Please don't let the world's idea of success coming from quantity make you feel unqualified or less than in your relationship with God. Remember, every word. Every single word is from him. And this is going to lead right into the third strategy I want to share with you today to get back to your Bible reading routine. And that is this. Number three, turn off the timer. That's it. Turn off the timer. 
Timers are great for tasks, but not for relationships. And if you remember what the first strategy I shared with you is, it's that this isn't about reading the Bible. This is about spending time with God in his word. This is about your relationship with him. And when I say turn off the timer, I mean totally turn it off. Like don't even have one. And here's why. You have a relationship with God. And I really, really, really want you to recognize this as a real relationship. So tell me how often you say to someone in your life, look, I got five minutes for you in the morning. I've only got five minutes, okay? Oh, but I want like all the benefits of this relationship, all right? Your spouse, seriously, could you imagine? What kind of relationship would you have to try to build if you always kept every conversation on the clock? Stop putting God on the clock. This is not the NBA draft and you're on the clock with three minutes to choose who will join your team in this season of your life. This is not Wheel of Fortune and God is not giving you bits and pieces to a coded sequence with a timer letting you guess how to fill in the blanks. And this is not Jeopardy. There is no theme music set to the perfect 30-second timer pressuring you to come up with the correct response or you lose everything you put into it. Ah, Y'all, please hear me. Stop putting God on the clock. I know you're busy. I know you have a schedule to maintain. And I know there are others who depend on you throughout the day, so sometimes you feel like you're actually on their schedule. And guess what? God knows that too. Remember when you prayed for that husband, that promotion, that new job, that opportunity, those children? (laughs) He heard you. He answered that prayer. He knows what's going on and all the ways you're feeling pulled right now. He knows. Oh, remember in the last episode, one of those statements I made, but I had to adjust it to make the statement begin with, God loves me? Head into this potential challenge with the same foundation. And maybe even add this, I love God. I love God. God loves me. And I love God. Maybe starting a plan or a shift in your day with those two short sentences right there can change it all. I want to make sure you understand me clearly with this point. Turning off the timer doesn't mean I'm telling you that your five-minute devotional isn't enough. And it doesn't mean I'm saying you need to spend an hour with God in his word every morning. I'm simply saying to turn off the timer. Allow the relationship to be a relationship. Just last week, a friend called me and said, do you have a couple minutes to chat? Now, the truth is that I was out on a walk, a walk I had purposely planned on listening to a podcast, like kind of timed it out. And I actually said to her, I'm just out on a walk listening to a podcast. I have some time. What I thought was going to be a quick 10 minute chat turned into nearly an hour. And here's why. She needed me. And we have a relationship. And I could make the shift in that moment. Although my initial agreement had sort of a 10-minute inner timer on it, that relationship required more time in that moment. Oh, but what I forgot to mention was that while we were talking, I got a call from my doctor's office. So I had to tell her, hey, I have to take this call. I'll call you right back. Also, throughout that walk and talk, I still said good morning to everyone I passed, even while my friend was talking on the phone to me. Throughout that conversation, I stopped to reply to a text. See, our relationship is real, and we both understand that we have lives, we have other responsibilities, yet we are there for each other. And I know that if I need to talk to her, if I'm going through a tough time, and it's her kid's bath time, which I'm fully aware of and intentionally do not call during that time, I get it. (laughs) But if I really need to talk to her, She will be there for me and we will talk with splashing and playing in the background and it's just what it is. We have a real relationship. So again, stop putting God on the clock. Giving God 10 minutes in the morning to do your devotionals sounds like a good Christian checklist thing to do, right? But what about the rest of your day? 
What if he's not done speaking into you in 10 minutes? I know you have to get ready for work. I know the kids are about to wake up. All I'm wanting to get you to understand is that your relationship with God flows. And it flows all the time. Just like the relationship you have with your friends, your spouse, anyone else. You can continue that conversation in the car on your way to work. You can continue that conversation at your desk at work. You can continue that conversation on your lunch break. You can continue that conversation while you're making dinner. You can even continue that conversation while you're cleaning. You can continue the conversation. Please, please recognize that. When you break your own habit of only opening God's word during those timer-led moments of your day, your understanding and your love for spending time with him in his word will grow exponentially. I know I had to cut this one off quick, but you already know there's going to be a part two to this because I have so many strategies I want to share with you about spending time with God in his word. I pray that this episode has given you some things to think about. I pray that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you about how much you are loved and how much God desires this real relationship with you. And I pray that you will try some of these strategies in your daily walk with him. Remember, the goal is not to read the Bible cover to cover in one year. The goal is to spend time with God in his word every day forever. Thank you for joining me this week. My prayer is that this episode was able to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and challenge your body. The His Word My Walk podcast is here to serve you. So if you haven't already, you can check out more of my programs and services at hiswordmywalkpodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Kayla Praise. If you could do me a quick favor and leave a written review in your listening app, I would really appreciate it. I'll see you next time.